Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We right now, of course, are making our way through the negotiations which are taking place uh, amongst congressional leadership and the White House. Uh, over the weekend, we heard that uh, President Trump had signed a, a quartet of executive orders uh, addressing you know, various aspects uh, of uh, coronavirus aid. There's some unemployment uh, money that he is uh, attempting to make available. He addresses uh, student loans, evictions. Uh, as well as some other topics. And we'll see if that uh, all, all pans out. Uh, and in a moment, we'll be speaking with Representative Curtis. I'm going to ask him uh, just a, a brief question about that. But uh, the reason uh, I've invited Representative Curtis to join us on the line is he and others have introduced a piece of legislation uh, which really caught my attention and revealed something uh, I did not know previously. The, the legislation is called Returning Inappropriate Cash Handouts Act, the rich Act. And to explain this, uh, Representative Curtis joins me now. Co- Congressman, how are you, sir? Excellent. Always good to talk to you, Lee. Yeah, likewise. Thanks so much. Uh, tell us about this RICH Act. What, uh, what problem did you observe and how are you going about fixing it? Well, I think all of us agree that there are people who are really hurting right now in the United States. And this is an unusual time. And I think we have to be very careful that the help uh, that we're trying to offer gets down to the end of the rows. And, and no one, including those who are, who are um, what we would call rich, um, I, I think w- would disagree with that. And so this is a very common sense uh, measure just to make sure that we get the, the water down to the end of the row and the right people who need help actually get it. Explain to us what, what, the, what the legislation does. Well, in essence, it says, look, if, if you're uh, in, in that category that all of us want to be, as that of a millionaire, um, and, and receive a million dollars in compensation uh, annually, you would not be eligible uh, for uh, for some of these benefits. And that just seems so common sense uh, right up front. But um, we want to make sure that people understand that. And I think many people who are in that affluent category also like the messaging. They're not trying to, to get ahead through this either. And, and a lot of times they get branded as if they are. And so it's, I think this will find broad support. Have there been instances of this? Have there been individuals who, uh, you know, accepting the, the coronavirus would have earned a million dollars in the calendar year and who have gone on to, due to job loss, receive unemployment insurance payments? You know, uh, we live in, uh, in a country with hundreds of millions of people, and uh, you, can, you, can, <laughs> you can hardly find anything where there isn't something going on that shouldn't be. Mm. And um, this is this is really to make sure that doesn't happen, but also to send a very clear message that, that not just members of Congress, but even those who are affluent also agree that this, this is an important message. Now, the name of the act is the Returning Inappropriate Cash Handouts. Will this legislation empower any uh, agency to, to go after some of those payments which were made to millionaires? You know, uh, there, there certainly is a, a retroactive clause, but not... Uh, but those who had accepted money would not find themselves sure. in violation of the law. That was the, that was the law of the day. 
Correct. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Now, we are entitled to access to unemployment insurance, should we qualify for a number of different ways, uh, because uh, our employers pay into it. Would, uh, together with this legislation that would uh, you know, eliminate the ability for these millionaires or those receiving a million in annual salary, would their employers need to pay into unemployment insurance? So I was kind of anticipating this question. And the best analogy I can give you is, you know, when I was mayor and we built a bridge, people would say to me, I'm not going to use that bridge. My tax dollars shouldn't have to pay for it. And, of course, that's not true. We, we build bridges. We build roads. We build airports that sometimes people never use. And, and part of our system of government is that we all contribute and, and we all help, even if it's not something that we would ever take advantage of. And I think if people are thoughtful, they'll see examples of that everywhere they look. Sure. Uh, school, school taxes, we, we pay. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the ambulance has never come to pick me up at my house, but Tom contributed to that. I understand that rationale. If you don't mind, let me move on quickly to uh, these executive orders. There were four of them signed by the president. Uh, how did you first react when you heard of these uh, of these orders signed? Well, my first reaction is Congress has blown it again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, th- then my immediate reaction is, you know, this is just not right. I think all of us, whether we're, we're big Trump fans or not, need to look at this from – it's, it's not the, the individual that we're concerned about. It's the office. And anybody in that office, it, it, we would be uncomfortable with them making these type of executive moves. And so, therefore, um, it, it's not appropriate. It's not good. It's not the, the way that our government was set up to run. Even if you like the end objective of what the president's doing, you've got to think of this through a set of lenses of what if that was a president you didn't agree with. Senator Romney was my guest uh, just before the the commercial break here. I asked him a similar question, and he uh, responded saying that uh, at least via the analysis thus far of his uh, legal staff that these measures appear to maybe pass legal muster. Uh, They may brush up against, uh, you know, violating the spirit of the separation of powers. Uh, But uh, have you you yet looked at these uh, through a legal eye? Well, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't uh, don't have access to the type of legal minds uh, that, that will be able to decide this, and um, we'll, we'll find out. I have no doubt these will be challenged in court, and we'll find out the answer likely after many months and many good minds take a look at this. I think one of the messages of the day should be, you know, if Congress would do our job, we wouldn't find ourselves in the situation where we had to question the president. And uh, I, I just would love to see me and all my colleagues get back to work in, in Washington and, and solve these very complex problems. What's your optimism level look like right now? How optimistic are you that you soon will be back voting on, on these types of measures? Uh, it's not good. I, this is where it just really uh, is just, it's painful to not be in the majority. You don't get to set the agenda. You don't get to set the tone. You don't get to set the hours that we work. And I, I think it's fair to say a lot of us are frustrated that we're not back there solving these problems. What's the what's the reason you think? Is it political? Well, um, I, I think it's clearly uh, political, and just the way this whole thing's being handled. I think if it were up to me, Congress would be setting the example of how you can go back to work safely. We can we can work in a work environment and be safe at the same time. And I I I, I wish that I had a magic wand. Congress would be setting the example of how we can do that. Yeah. 
Congressman Curtis, I'm grateful to you for your time. Thanks so much for this. I'm, I'm anxious to, to follow the progress of uh, the Rich Act. Uh, very interesting concept, uh, and you know these odd times uh, certainly have given way to many odd circumstances, uh, and this is simply one of them. Uh, it's unfathomable. There would be millionaires uh, with their hands out uh, hoping for unemployment insurance payments, but uh, uh, the law allows it, and so... Uh, you know, let's see what your colleagues feel, if, if it should be uh, an opportunity available to these millionaires that ought to be uh, closed down. Thanks for looking at this, and thanks for giving hey, us a hey. report. All right, you bet. Bye-bye. All righty. Uh, so fascinating stuff. We will see uh, both how this piece of legislation plays out. What do you think? What do you think? Should, uh, should they have to pay in if they're not able to pay out, or I'm sorry, receive uh, the benefit? It's unemployment insurance. If we're going to close off the opportunity to millionaires, should the employers of those millionaires have to pay into the unemployment uh, insurance program? 57500, Utah Community Credit Union text line. Let me know what you think. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have uh, a few moments to talk about a report released by Senator Lee and others, the title of which, The Demise of the Happy Two-Parent Home. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.